How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Winners Club podcast. Now, in today's new freestyle, we are going to be discussing how more people are living paycheck to paycheck, as well as the misconception of the term toxic masculinity. And of course, if you are new here, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on bell notifications so you are always notified of when we upload. And you can also find our socials. The link will be down below in the description, as well as the audio version of this episode that'll be in the link down below. And again, we greatly appreciate all the love and support you have all been showing along the way. And now let's get into today's freestyle so real quick i just want to throw up like a crazy stat that i found out yesterday where um gibby actually sent it to you on instagram but it says 62 percent of americans are living paycheck to paycheck and i find that kind of crazy especially i think it didn't help during COVID because of all the unemployment and especially during inflation over the couple of years to now where all the prices are rising. I just think it's a mind-blowing statistic to me and I think it's only going to get worse. What do you guys think? Um, I think it could get counterbalanced eventually. I think it would take a lot to do. A lot of... Um, judicial changes and um the economy and stuff like that but i do think in terms of things like uh effects from this i think that it's definitely a factor for the increase in depression in america if people are living paycheck to paycheck typically what that means is that they're always under a lot of stress Mm -hmm. Um, i mean it's stressful if you like have to wait to do things until you get the money for it. You know, it's not like at a leisure pace at all. Um, it can be very um, uh, high nerving. So I think, again, it could get counterbalanced. I think if we made changes in the judicial, judicial systems, excuse me, um, things could definitely change. But what about you, Miles? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I really don't pay attention to a lot of stuff like that, to be honest. But I can definitely see how, like, in the future, I don't know. I feel like it could go both ways in terms of getting better or getting worse. I mean, I think with technology that's advancing in the future, like, for example, like, I think not even just living paycheck to paycheck, but, like, mm-hmm. people that are doing that and also getting laid off at the same time. So, mm-hmm. like, for example, like, the whole, like, thing with Amazon, how they're getting more robots to really do stuff in place of people. You know, people are obviously, I think the poverty rate might rise because of that, to be honest, just off of technology alone. It sounds like life's getting easier, but at the same time, it's getting harder in terms of that kind of stuff. On top of that, it's more expensive, too. So that could also hurt the economy if we don't do it right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. I think I like what you said about how we're becoming, did you say stupider or lazier? Which which word did you use? What? In terms of, like, human species, like, we're becoming... Oh, 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 the term I used before, I said stupider. But, like, I guess stupider and lazier, I guess it's more lazier, but, like, it's gonna cause people to become stupider eventually because you get so lazy, you forget how to do it. Or you forget how to do a lot of things, so, yeah. A lot of, yeah, a lot of things are gonna be... I think they're gonna require a lot more of an effort at a later time because it's not gonna get easier and the more that we kind of, like hold off on it the more that we're going to be like you know we're going to need to do it and 
I, I think AI is eventually going to take the place of uh, at least some minimum wage jobs. Do you know what I mean? Right. So like they're already yeah. starting to do little things around like certain work environments. But that little thing in like 10 years from now is going to turn into like them it's actually doing though. the job. Right. Exactly. Like, I guarantee you that half of these fast food places are going to be ran by AIs within the next 15 years. Drive through, especially throughs ordering your food, you're just going to walk in, tap a screen. Because you already see it now. I mean, there's still people that work there, of course. But you're going to walk in, tap a screen, and then, bam, your food's right there. With well, no too, human, like, thing. For sure. And think, too, though, like, if you're, if you're like, a owner of, like, a large corporate industry like McDonald's, why would you pay people to do a lesser job than you would to an AI that would work for you for free it would just be programmed to do that you know what i mean so it makes right, sense exactly. this could even happen when you look at like the large store owners but that's what i'm saying though so so i feel like in society like the way that we're modeled the, the people of the higher higher class the the corporate elites for that matter are obviously going to want to make they're, they're greedy people i mean that's those are the kind of characteristics that they have and i've really done a lot to analyze uh, mindsets of different people in society and the different roles that they have. So when you look at somebody who's along those categories, high corporate elite, um, or high placed, high in the hierarchy, um, typically they're divorced, um, rarely see anybody. They always have a huge, huge responsibility though, because obviously, you know, when you're running a company like that, like your like your whole team is dependent on you. You almost ha you can have upwards of like hundreds of thousands of employees that depend on you. When you look at somebody like Elon Musk, he has multiple corporate brands that fully operate for him. He can't even take any vacations. I was listening to a video uh, of him speaking, and he said he wished he could just take two days off, but he can't. It's a sad life, you know. Um, Obviously, Elon Musk is a very controversial figure now, but when you look at the advancements of technology now, it's very scary, though, for the people who are of the working class and things like that, because they are looking at this new AI, like, for instance, college students, they look at chat GPT um, as something that will, like, alleviate, you know, things from them. They can they can look into technology and depend on it pretty soon. It's going to be counterproductive, you know? Like you said, Miles, it's going to make us a lot more lethargic. It's going to make us, I wouldn't say stupider, but not as easy to retain information. Our brains are going to be more focused on, I mean, when we look at the, the increase of technology um, and media, we're going to be basically telling the computer to do our work for us while we, you know, dick around and, and just do nothing. You know, we, we consume nothingness. So our brains are going to flatline into mush. And it's inevitable with, with the way that we're progressing. So now when we take a step back, I think um, combined with a bunch of other things, humans are going to be severely detached from emotion, um, connection, things like that. And I've been reading this book and I want to tie into your point a little bit more, Brett, but I'm going to kind of put this, uh, this conversation in a new direction. When we look at building healthy relationships is like I've been reading a book about it and it's a very important thing and I wasn't even aware of you know at like half of what this book talks about that I'm reading and when we look at building like any kind of healthy relationship 
it's important to address our emotional needs and things like that and, and have emotional awareness, um, at least the power to retain our emotions and things like that. So when, even when you see like kids now who play video games a lot or always on media or on their phones, typically they're not really good at resolving their emotions when something happens, you know what I mean? They lash out and things like that, um, which is scary because say, I, I always think of the Wally movie where it's like those people floating around, but I, I really feel like that's a strong possibility where everybody's communicating via tablet over the phone. Nobody's even talking or even present in the moment. Very, very scary for us. I mean, no. it's a question. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to keep going, but I'm saying like that's just a huge contributor though, human connection that if it's wiped out is going to significantly impact our, our feelings and our emotions. Or, and I think then our depression rates are going to increase more with like uh, more stress with jobs. We're not even going to know how to manage stress now. You know what I mean? People are living paycheck to paycheck. I'm going to tie that back in. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to say. I was just going to sort of sum up what you're saying. You're pretty much tying up sort of, you know, humans just over consuming so much. And I was going to bring that up as well is we are just consuming so much throughout our day 90 probably i'll say a good 70 percent of you know people nowadays their their day is basically through, uh, throughout their phone the other 30 percent is probably like human interaction whether that's talking to their parents or like a teacher and that's it and then they like go to bed or whatever but that other 70 percent most of the time they're on their phone and then another thing i was going to bring up too is what you brought up is um, human interaction nowadays whereas I think people you know don't know how to interact with anybody they're more used to interacting through our phones and through snapchat and through Instagram Xbox you name it and I think it's it's very scary for a lot of people because I feel like some people just don't know how to um, interact they don't really I feel like a lot of people don't really have a backbone too. So yeah, I feel like I was... Go ahead. Yeah, enough talking for you. I'm just kidding. Nah, but I'm gonna tie that back into the whole job thing, right? So mm -hmm. people eventually will get so I mean we're already it's already bad now as it is, but people are starting to lose the skill of actually interacting with other human beings which kind of, I guess, increases the rate of social anxiety, you know, you know, because that's what people are going to claim to have. They're going to claim to have social anxiety because they're on phone, they're on phone so much. Not to mention, when they go in for, like, jobs and stuff and it comes to interviews, they're not going to know how to interact, and especially in a formal setting because that's even more important. Like, if it's just, like, us having a conversation right now, some people might not even know how to do that. But imagine that in, like, a formal setting. Because, like give you a saying before like these ceos like you know they're gonna want to not pay anybody but have them do the absolute best for them right and if like, you have a human that doesn't really know how to interact with other humans right that part of the manager of that um, establishment isn't gonna want to hire them which is why ai nowadays because it's so smart and intelligent that's why people are bringing in more ai just to tie that back in but another thing too, yeah, bro, like you said before, how like, remember how Devon said like, there was a study where it was like, we consume more in a day than somebody in like, 
what was it? It was like the 1500s consumed in like their entire lifetime. But like shit mm-hmm. like that, and it's only gonna get worse over time, which is like the scariest part. But I mean, even look at it at a mental health aspect too. I know some um, therapists, guidance counselors nowadays rather talk over Zoom to um, somebody to see them for therapy, and I just think that's. I mean, to me, I don't think it's the right way to go about it. I think people need that human interaction. People need to have a connection to that therapist to get the help they need. There's multiple forms of communication. One of the most effective is expression of body language, which is mm-hmm. very pivotal when you're in person. So I agree with you, Brett, a lot with in terms of being in the present with some kind of necessary discipline which is therapy um it's like you can get so sidetracked if it's over zoom like it's happened to me i've literally been the uh, patient and i'm just like i don't really care you know like i i mean i'm just walking around like especially me because i have i i used to have like a very um uh wide array of focus so i was just like hyper vigilant on a bunch of different things um so I know like when COVID happened, it really messed us up because it like just totally wiped out a lot of uh, kind of in, in-person interaction. It's, it's not really, I, I just don't see it ever going back to the way it used to be like without Zoom, like Zoom's not going to go away. It's a very quick and efficient thing. Just like how we talk about how the human mind takes the least past the least path of resistance the the least amount of effort required now people look they're like oh you know i have to go in my car and drive to where i want to go rather than being just on a zoom hell i even used to do it like last year like i used to be pissed if um like i didn't have a class that was only online you know like it was just easy didn't have to get up and go to class i do it at my own leisure pace but at the same time it's necessary to be in an environment where the, the teacher is present with me every day and, and they're explaining things with their hands and, and I can ask questions and raise a hand. Uh, it makes a, a massive impact in terms of learning. That's just an example though, not even just something like therapy where we're expressing our highest vulnerabilities to somebody over a screen. You know what I mean? When the, when the therapy session's done, what do you do? You just press a button that's, that's it. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, is that really effective? Nah, in, no. you know, I've always been one to learn in person. So like, obviously, when COVID hit, it was so hard to learn because it was like, over zoom, especially in subjects like math, where like, I wasn't great in like, those are the classes that I needed to be in person. So I could actually get the criteria, you know what I mean? But like, it's, it's crazy to think about, too, because, once again, this is, like, people love Zoom, like you said before. Like, the whole therapy thing, I actually didn't even know that, like, therapy sessions would be over Zoom. And that's crazy because therapy really is meant to be in person. Because if somebody wants to, if I'm explaining something to you, right, I can't really use my body language in this little box on this screen. So you can't really tell if I'm being serious or not with some things, right? I mean, and I can't really take, I'm not saying I can't take somebody seriously if they're behind the screen. But I'd rather it be said to my face, you know what I mean? Because I'm gonna, it's gonna reson- resonate with me better. I don't know if that makes sense to y'all, but I feel like being behind the screen, it's like 
you know, you're not like I don't know. It's just not the same. Like for example, I know this really is like a weird example, but you know, when some when two people are like bickering, right? If they're behind the screen, right, you can't really take them seriously because they're not face to face. But when two people are bickering face to face, it's like all right, like all right, I see now that this is really serious. So that's how kind of how I look at it almost. Ah, uh, you're right. You're for sure right. I honestly I didn't even think of that. Like if we're on, if we're on like a FaceTime call and two people are going at it. I'm not really going to take it seriously because all you do right, is you exactly. press Yeah, exactly. Or even text. Like all people are like, I'm going to F you up. I'm going to do this next time I see you. But they would never once say that. That's why like, I don't, until you do it face to face, I don't like, I don't believe you. Can't take yeah, it seriously. You know? I, I never will give it the benefit of the doubt unless it's mm. important. Uh, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take a step back though and just talk about like COVID again and like sociability. Um, I mean, when we look at COVID, it was like a kind of like a nationwide felt depression in a sense when all of our communications and, and social factors were just totally wiped out and we all had to um, be on house arrest. Everybody a- across the nation and the world for that matter was was not too happy, you know? Why are we still living like this though? Like, why are we still... Right we're still contingent with this kind of lifestyle people just don't talk a lot of people oh my bad oh no no no. go ahead go ahead i I was gonna say because a lot of people became lazy at that point so they still want to kind of recreate that in a way but still be able to go do certain things but still be like you know what covid technically isn't over so i can still be lazy that's how people think and it's it's crazy to think about too on a side note by the way brett can you look up real quick what the suicide rate during 2020 was. Yep. I believe because, it was pretty staggering. If I, can I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Okay, so the rate of suicides per 100,000 increased from 13.5 in 2020 to 14.0 in 2021. Yeah, you yeah. see? 4%? Because, people, because uh, people came out of COVID having certain systems, but like they're like, there's still no hope because in 2021, guess what? There were still certain guidelines that we had to abide by. You know what I mean? Mm. So people still felt like they were trapped. And being depressed on top of that does not help at all. So it's it's unfortunate, dude. It's re- it really is. For sure. But what I want to say, too, though, is that we totally... I mean, I guess it can be a little bit uh, miscued, but... What about the divorce rates, Brett, of post-2020? Because that's a very important um, factor in terms of... Well, if we look to if like a bunch of uh, men, for instance, or women, because women are heavily involved in the workplace now, got laid off, and they romanticized the idea of being home, did they even return back to work? That heavily affects a marriage, you know what I mean, or a relationship. So there's there's, um, correlation between it. So I was just wondering about yeah, no, it says the divorce rate continued its trend of decline with 14.0 divorces per 1,000 married women in 2020, just under 1 million, which is 960,000 and 14 divorced in 2020. Wow. Still a significantly wow. high number. Mm. Relatively the same, but still a yeah. very high number. So, I mean, they've been increasing over time, so I can't really say that it's COVID, but I'm saying there could be a factor in that. And while I'm learning about more uh, 
social factors of, of life, I, I want to talk about relationships real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think now we see, I, I've studied a lot of this actually, like I really look it up and I'm in a healthy relationship myself so I can talk. Um, there's a very, there's a, in relationships, there's two roles to play, the masculine role and the feminine role. I call them levels of polarity um, that David Detta obviously talks a lot about. And it, it just because it's a masculine essence in a relationship doesn't mean it has to be a man. It could be um, two women, it could be two men, uh, as long as one is more um, submissive and the other is more dominant. That's um, it could be subconscious, but that's usually how the relationship will function. Um, but now I feel the masculine role or the masculine essence is being tarnished in a way so much so where it's viewed as like toxic to be masculine. It's, it's viewed as, um, threatening and, and piss poor, I guess. Mm -hmm. What do, you, what do you guys think about that? Because I think that that definitely has something to do with, um, I feel like men becoming more antisocial than nice guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think it has to do a lot with post-COVID uh, divorce rates and stuff like that too. Because I think when men finally got the the kind of okay to, to take a step back and relax, a lot of them let themselves go. That's why we see men committing more suicide because they've dis- they've totally disengaged from their sense of purpose, and that's a very strong masculine trait. So I just want to know what y'all think. Yeah, no, I think especially nowadays, sort of that term toxic masculinity is more so like spitballed around. I think a lot of men though too are you know playing a bad part in it, and they are the ones. Those are the ones that are toxic, or the ones that are you know mean. Um, abusive and just sort of like shun all of the female audience if you guys seen on social media um but i there there is obviously a misconce a misconception with you know actual masculinity which is the the sense of having a sense of purpose which i feel like nowadays you see less and less um, i'm ho- we're hoping to see more people start you know, finding their purpose. But I, I, I like what you said, where you think COVID also people just, I, th- I think got too comfortable probably with taking the least passive resistance and not taking um, a lot of, a lot of action, a lot of um, risks and sort of lost their sense of purpose. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think toxic masculinity is not I just, at its peak right now because of you know the influences from the internet and just Mm -hmm. other people like um i know we brought up andrew tate multiple times andrew tate i will admit he does have some good views on masculinity but he also kind of promotes toxic masculinity you know whether that's you know misogynistic views whether it's um you know being abusive and all that kind of stuff but right you're right right you know with the misconception between actual masculinity and toxic masculinity i think it's gotten so messed up to the point where actual masculinity is looked at as toxic masculinity 
Because there's been a couple times where I've talked to people about having a sense of purpose and, you know, drive and just wanting to be a man. And some people look at that as, like, in a, in a sense, in their view, too manly, which I guess could be sensed as toxic masculinity when you're just going towards your purpose. So I think there, it, there's a huge misconception, and the media does not help that at all. You know, as much as you try to talk to people about it, mainly, um, I'm trying to think, a lot of people that, hmm. I, I, can I chime in real quick? Yeah, chime in real quick, because I'm trying to think. Because I think, you too, toxic masculinity is the, in the format, too, of the nice guy. Like, the, the you yeah, see yeah, 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 yeah. a very stereotypical, yeah. submissive male who... Um, tries to please and give woman pleasure by sacrificing his own needs, which is very toxic because now everybody calls him like pick me's, simps. Right. Uh, I'm trying simps. to think of other stupid, stupid names, but that's also very toxic because then that is almost like people are again, I'll just use like slang so people can understand me. And then that, you know, sparks the villain arc, you know, where, where these men then become very rageful. But then they jump all the way to what you're saying now of shunning the world, um, mm -hmm. shunning all these. I'm learning about it in this book right now, too, of how that's even formed. And it's exactly that. Mm -hmm. So I think it starts right there. And why is that happening? Um, I don't I really don't even have a uh, concrete answer, but I have a couple good guesses. I would say, number one, they were raised in more of like a feminine prioritized household where that was like the norm that's just one mm -hmm. two they never had a strong masculine force down their throats growing up you know what i mean like always having your shit in order um I'm talking about dudes yeah. that are down bad quintessentially yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. it that's exactly it the dudes that are down bad um i'm just using slang words because i'm just trying to like have people understand okay so for all the older adult adults out of there that don't know what a villain arc is it's basically when a man or a woman so for example i'm just gonna use this example say somebody goes through a harsh breakup and they kind of need something to i guess patch that wound it's not i would not recommend it at all unless you're going on a villain arc, a villain arc can mean multiple things it means you're either improving yourself for the good or you are going down a path where you have to do all these things such as, I guess, having sex or doing something with the other gender to kind of get back at who you were with before, if that makes sense. But that's kind of how it is. I see it in a totally different way. That's interesting because I don't see it like that. So number really? one, I, the villain arc is just a very negative thing because if you're just improving yourself for the better, I would classify that as um, self-restoration or self-healing, which is a totally different thing. Villain arc is when you are filled with rage and vengeance and you feel like you need to take it out on everybody else. Become you, you shun who you are as a person, you give up all your morals, and you kind of just take it out on whoever, um, basically cutting off all emotion, which is very bad. When you look even at like movies and stuff like that, what I mean, you become also very articulate too, um, with how you move, and that's where you really build a lot of masculine traits but then it becomes so much where it's then very toxic so when you look at somebody like the joker the joker obviously is a villain how did we see in the joker movie with joaquin phoenix how did we see him 
evolve into the Joker. He was kind of shit on by right. society. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, felt like very um, rageful, and then moved very articulately, and became a force. But then became a way higher force, but for the bad, for the negative, and that's kind of what it's referred to as. Um, I know it's a very like weird example, but that's that's how I perceive it, and I don't agree with it at all because that's what those are how the bad apples are all formed. That whole process that I just gave you is exactly how it happens psychologically, at least. I mean, how I've seen it with multiple people. Anyways, I want to I want to keep talking about relationships and stuff like that so i want to identify that that new um joker example of like who you become you know what i mean on this evolution once you do experience um kind of your first rush of masculinity there's a lot of things that can happen so if you don't know how to control your emotions it's kind of it it's a triple it's a what is it a ripple effect right ripple effect okay ripple effect my fault of Okay, so now you just felt severe emotion. You you start to tame it, but it doesn't feel right, and then you just wipe it all out, you know, and you just dis, you disregard everybody else around you and their emotions, which is um, toxic masculinity. So I think that's kind of how the villain arc is all, you know, originated. It's because you don't turn into a good person. You literally turn into a bad person. That's where masculinity gets a, a bad label because we see a lot of bad apples now you know what i mean they're everywhere they just sometimes move very deliberately which is again a masculine trait and they're really good at playing their cards but when it comes down to it they're they're just trying to shield their own individual pain and things like that and that's not what masculinity should be about and i think now there's there's a whole lot of things it's almost like you're either an asshole or you're a nice guy um there's like almost no in between and that's where it makes now i feel like the even just possessing the identity of being masculine and the actual definition of it of being confident moving deliberately having an open heart um all these kinds of things um being confident um, very thorough with direction and purpose. Um, those are all masculine traits. And I know for a fact, because I've read about it multiple, multiple times, that is kind of um, what it should be. Also expressing love and emotion, just knowing how to tame it, not always being reckless with it. Um, so I think that those things though are very rare now we see. So anybody who is a beholder of those traits, man or a woman, is viewed as very toxic because they possess those traits. But there's a lot of bad apples that have many, many flaws. They have some of those traits, but not all. That's just my observation. And I think a lot in part um, with the increases of depression, people don't want to feel anymore, um, especially young males. I mean, I, I feel like it's not, it's not old news that depression and suicide rates are skyrocketing in America, especially in males. You know what I mean? That probably sets fear in these young males. Especially after COVID, um, sociability has become almost inept. It's very rare. I mean, I went to a few parks and I'm like, because now it's been sunny, I'm looking around. I'm like, wow, this is the first time I've seen a park like this in like five years. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous to say, but things like that.
Now, we hope you enjoyed today's lesson of the new freestyle. Again, if you are new here, make sure to hit the subscribe button and also turn on the bell notification as that is the best way to stay up to date with the Winners Club content. You can also click right here. We just did a video talking about positive parenting as well as bad parenting, sort of the wrongs and rights. And again, the link to our socials will be down below in the description. You can check those out. And we hope you all have a lovely day and a great week. And until next time.